Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the headline read that citizens cheered on the East Coast when President Joe Biden used his executive order pen to accelerate the distribution of fuel prior to the reopening of the Colonial Pipeline, making way for 100 million gallons per day of gasoline, diesel fuel, jet fuel to flow across the East Coast of the United States. But lost in that positive headline, for me, are a a number of very troubling trends that caused the supply and distribution disruptions. Now, beyond the cyber attack, that's a separate issue, uh, but cyber attacks happen. We know natural disasters happen and often can disrupt the flow of fuel. But the solution is an interesting one. The president's executive actions are instructive for critical changes that Congress could and should make when it comes to regulation. So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So again, the news of the day, the president used his executive order pen, waived all kinds of things that allowed the flow of fuel to happen across the East Coast of the United States after the cyber attack that shut down the Colonial Pipeline. But we're going to think a little longer about this. We're going to stay with the question a little bit, because when you listen to the president describe what he did by executive order, we all have to question, why did he have to do that in the first place? Why are those regulations there? And so let's break it down. Let's think again. So let's start with President Biden. He explains the first thing that he and the administration were going to do to help get more fuel to the people on the East Coast. I want to update you on what our administration is doing to accelerate this process, to mitigate shortages, and to protect you from price gouging. First, we relaxed rules for pipeline operators to provide flexibility for emergency personnel to help manually get portions of the pipeline up and running earlier this week. Okay. So the first thing he had to do was relax a rule for pipeline operators to allow their emergency personnel to do a few things manually. Okay, I can see that. It's a nice little wave of the wand, a little wave of the executive pen. 
And we're going to let these emergency personnel do what they need to do. Interesting. Do what they need to do to get the pipeline up and running. The president continued. The next thing was to set up this manual control and relax what? More regulation. Secondly, over the weekend, we reviewed and worked with the company to get a portion of the pipeline system from North Carolina to Maryland to operate under manual control and deliver its existing inventory. In addition, we put in place emergency orders that lifts hours, the hours restrictions and allowed states to lift weight restrictions for tank truck drivers to be on the road. This allows those drivers to work more and carry more fuel to the affected regions. So again, the answer, get rid of some of the restrictions and regulations. We're going to actually let drivers drive more, uh, drive at different hours of the day, rather than just restricting them to the overnight hours. Uh, again, a lot of a lot of regulatory things that are going on. But wait, there's more. The president said the next thing he did was he needed to go to the EPA and get them to relax some regulations. Third, the Environmental Protection Agency issued a targeted 20-day waiver of standards in several states to give fuel suppliers more flexibility to use available fuels where they're needed which will boost the fuel supply. And those, uh, those last two actions have made tens of millions of gallons of additional fuel available each day to be able to be distributed. Okay, so now they're giving their blessing from the government to waive some of the uh, fuel suppliers to give them more flexibility to distribute the fuels that they have available rather than what is controlled by the government. But wait, there's more. <laughs> a fourth thing that President Biden did was relax regulations as to uh, relating to shipping. Fourthly, as part of an effort to use every possible means to accelerate fuel deliveries, last night I granted a waiver of the Jones Act to uh, fuel suppliers. This allows non-U.S. flag vessels to transport refined fuel products from the Gulf of Mexico to affected areas. Okay, so the the Jones Act, which uh, controls you know who can carry what on the seas, uh, we actually know there is a, a new bill in the Senate uh, from Utah Senior Senator Mike Lee to uh, get rid of the Jones Act altogether, uh, as it impacts especially Hawaii, Alaska, and a few other places uh, most significantly. Uh, so it's allowing things to, to be transported and moved along uh, by water. Uh, let's jump quickly to number five. Put another way, the extraordinary measures the administration has taken, we estimate, sent enough gas to stations to fill the tanks of over 5 million vehicles in the last few days. Okay, so the president is touting these extraordinary measures that he and the administration took to allow the flow of fuel uh, to to get to these places along the east coast of the United States uh, so that there wouldn't be shortages, there wouldn't be outages, uh, that they could get things back to, to normal a little bit quicker. But it really begs the question, how many of these things that he had to do by executive order are necessary? 
Now, when it comes to, to fuels and pipelines, of course, there's oversight that has to be done. There's no question about that. But it seems to me that if the president can go through five different things that he could wave with a wave of a pen, that suddenly uh, things are moving again. And so that should cause all of us to question, what are all these regulations? We often hear about the complaints of the burden of regulation and the impact it has on American companies and what those costs are that get passed on to all of us as consumers. So while I firmly support the president in waiving these regulations uh, to get the, uh, the fuel flowing to the East Coast, it also makes me think again about why we have so many regulations in the first place. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.